Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Never break your own rules. Don't break your own rules. You make rules. You have boundaries. There are decisions that, you know, you come to in your life for a reason. In my pregnancy with Fred, I had the genius idea not to tell anyone that I was pregnant, first of all, for ages, and secondly, never to tell anyone when I was due. Why? Because then you don't get the annoying neighbor being like, where's the baby? Like watching you through the window seat when you put the car seat in the boot and like, fuck off, Susan. You know, I don't like that in my life. Even from my closest family and friends, fuck off. My mom used to do this thing when I was auditioning for whatever, like TV shows and movies and stuff. I don't really do auditions anymore. Either someone offers me a role because they want me or they just don't offer me roles at all or auditions. (laughs) But my mom would be like, oh, by the way, how did that audition go? And I'd be like, oh, actually, I got the part I'm in Hollywood right now, not sat in your kitchen. You're imagining all this. It's like, There are certain things you don't need to chase up and you never, ever need to ring someone up or text someone and be like, hey, is the baby here? When you know, you'll know. Fuck off. So I've told too many people like sort of when I'm due and the texts are coming in. The calls are coming in. My sister, Carrie, is the exception. Actually, my mom hasn't mentioned it to me either, which I appreciate. But um, Carrie sent me a text last night that just said, word, one word, word. And I could tell that's her just being like, "Mm, what's going on? But she has the respect and dignity not to straight out ask me. She knows, everyone knows that the information that I want them to have about my intimate life, they can hear on my podcast. God, welcome to telling everybody everything. What day is it today? Wednesday, December 14th. Yesterday was Taylor Swift's birthday. Happy birthday, Taylor Swift. I'm dealing with a real conundrum in the music industry right now. And I need your help because I think I might be crazy. I think I might have fully imagined something. But why would I imagine this? All right. So you will not probably know what's going on if you're from the UK. This It's kind of a niche story. Bobby didn't know what I was talking about. Even my sister didn't know what I was talking about when I brought it up. Megan the Stallion, rap superstar, is currently taking the stand in a trial against a guest musician called, well, I thought his name was Tony Lanez. Like, I have never heard of this guy in my life. But several months ago, I looked him up because of what I'm about to tell you. 
His name, I guess, is Tory Lanes, and he's Canadian, which makes me sick. You've never heard of this guy. I've never heard of this guy. Basically, there's a trial now because uh, Meg the Stallion, let's call her MTS from now on, MTS and uh, Tory Lanes were leaving uh, Kylie Jenner's party, allegedly, and they got into a car with other people and there was some type of argument and then Megan got out and allegedly this Tory said dance bitch and shot at her feet five times and she was like whoa everyone in the car was shocked there are witnesses everything else her feet were injured in this altercation and then some neighbors called the cops and the police came and this is not long after well I mean it's in America full stop it doesn't matter when it was but to add insult to injury it was not long after the terrible George Floyd events and Megan was called out of the car and they were like, back up, back up. There's a video of this. When she's backing up, there's a trail of blood from her feet. And everyone's called out of the car one by one. And it looks like a terrifying scenario. You know, your back is to the police. You don't trust the police and you're backing up and you're like, ooh. So then apparently at the time she said to them, oh, no, nothing happened. I cut my foot on some glass. And there were witnesses I guess that later claimed otherwise and they told the real story alleged real story with the gun and the shots fired and everything so now she has to take the stand and it's just so sad to watch because she's not like happy to be oh you know I'm gonna get justice she's sad and they're asking her very personal questions they're asking her oh did you sleep with him first of all what does that matter at all Like, were shots fired? This is what you need to decide as the prosecution. Did a man shoot at this woman's feet with loads of witnesses or not? And she's not well on the stand. And she goes, I don't feel well. I don't, I hate that I have to be here. I can't believe I'm here talking about this. She doesn't want to talk about it. And when media asked her if she was sleeping with this guy, she said no, because it's not the media's business. It's no one's business who you're fucking. She didn't want to say, I wouldn't own up to sleeping with this loser. I think he's from Brampton, same place as Tristan Thompson. Back to him in a minute. So then when asked under oath, did you sleep with him? She tells the truth in the courtroom. She goes, yeah. I don't think they were in a relationship, but she said, yeah, we were intimate, whatever, however many times. So that's all over the news now because we love to drag all this up and slut shame women and this and that. And there are people who are being horrible to her. And there is, you know, I'm not the best person to speak on this as a very middle-class white woman now. But there is a trauma in the black community, especially in America, but not just limited to America, where their community was actively, purposely pillaged of its black men with um, the whole war on drugs and everything else. And they would find reasons to be like, oh, we're going to take the patriarch out of your house and they kind of forced situations where there were a lot of incarcerated black men and single mothers and I have read and heard from women in my life and women who I follow in media that um, black women are largely in a very difficult position because they have a, a sense of responsibility to protect these men even when these men are potentially being abusive to them. So Meg the Stallion has come out and said, like, look, 
it's very hard for me, she said in the courtroom, it's very hard for me to talk about this because this is a group of guys in my industry who are very powerful and I feel like everyone's going to be mad at me. It's like I'm telling on their friend. She put it a lot more eloquently than that. What did she say? Basically, she doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, She said, this whole situation in the industry is like a big boys club. Like I'm telling on one of y'all's friends. Now you're all about to hate me. God. And like she was shot at. And the reason I know she was shot at is that I am sure when it happened two years ago or whatever, I'm sure I saw a video of it. And that video no longer exists. I have tried to find the video. I'm sure I saw a video on someone's phone, like really kind of grainy quality, but it was a video of bang, 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 like flashes coming out of the car. You couldn't really see who was holding the gun, I suppose, but you could see shots when MTS, Meg Thee Stallion, was standing on the outside of the car. She had to like jump around in her feet to try to avoid these shots. I'm sure I saw that. And at the time... People were like, oh, he's denying doing it. And I was like, wait a minute, this guy, there's a video of him shooting her feet. Where's the video? Did anyone else see the video? Am I crazy? But like, why would I invent in my brain having seen this video if it didn't exist? And certain things do get wiped off the internet. Like when Khloe Kardashian had this photo taken by her grandmother, MJ, that was unfiltered, that was posted to the internet and apparently it was unflattering. I thought it was a beautiful photo. I thought Chloe looked muscular, joyful, glowing, strong, but she apparently didn't like the video or the photo. And Kris Jenner had it completely deleted from the internet. Like, you can't see that photo now. So, I mean, people have the power to make stuff go away, I guess. But did anyone else see, not the video that exists now of police arriving on the scene, but the original video where shots are fired? Because I am sure... That I have a memory of seeing that, but maybe I'm nuts. It's all very sad. And the fact that they're talking about this woman's sex life, like, makes me, I don't understand how it's relevant at all. Let me see who Tori Lanez, Tori Lanez, what music does he even sing? Let's find out. It's important. Tori Lanez, artist. Okay, the color violet. Oh no, he's got my daughter's name in a song. Shit, he's got 17 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, The Color Violet, um, it's not his most listened to song. Looks like Say It is his, oh, What's Poppin' featuring DaBaby. Oh, DaBaby is another piece of shit. Do you know who DaBaby is? Okay, listen to What's Poppin'. Let's see if we know him. What? I'm going to give her that penis? When she's done, I'm going to fill up arenas? Well, you don't hear Rob Beckett and Josh Woodicombe talking like that. With their Parenting Hell podcast. That fills up arenas. And you get to be a parent by literally giving someone that penis. That would actually be a good intro song for them. I like this song, which is a shame. Lil Wayne is on it. Okay, I do like it. What's the color violet? Listen, I okay, I don't hate this music, but I've not heard of this person apart from the shooting incident. And I feel like... <laughs> 
how unprotected is the black woman in America that you can literally allegedly shoot five times on video in front of lots of people at a famous, a rich and famous black woman and everyone, including her, still protects you. What the hell is his name? All right, his real name is Daystar. That's his real name. So he changed it to Tory for stage, but his name is Daystar. Shemuel Shua Peterson. He's born in 1992. He's like a decade younger than me. What has happened here? Yeah, I thought so. He's from Brampton. Where is Brampton? It's in Ontario, Canada, not far from where I'm from. Who else is from there? Tristan Thompson. Brampton, do me a favor. Keep your exports from now on. What, what the hell? How are men from Brampton tricking the world into thinking they're cool? Brampton is a complete hellhole. I dare you to go there. But it's still, I don't think it's like gangster enough that you get to become like a, a rap star and be like, yeah, I'm from B-Town. And like make the world think that it was as rough as like Harlem. Oh, so I'm struggling with this. Please email me. Catherine, no, that's not my email address. What is it? Telling everybody everything at gmail.com. If you've seen this video, if you have access to this video, if this video ever existed of the actual shooting, do you even know what I'm talking about? If you don't, if you're a fan of Meg Thee Stallion, please follow what's going on with the trial. It's just so exploitative. I absolutely hate it. I hate that she's being asked about her sex life. I hate this reality, this narrative of like, oh, I don't want to be a bad girl in my industry because my industry is run by men. And if I turn on one of them, then all of them turn on me. It's awful. And she doesn't even want to testify. She's like being made to testify. And everyone's like, well, she lied. She's changed her story. Yeah, she lied probably at the beginning because she didn't want to cooperate with the police because she's been raised that they are very dangerous and not to cooperate with them and to protect her friends, despite the fact that someone who shoots at your feet five times is not your friend, Meg. I'm livid about this. To be clear, 0% livid with her. It's not her fault. I completely empathize with the situation she's found herself in, and I hope that it resolves itself swiftly. And I just can't believe that in nearly 2023, we are still watching ugh, violent, patriarchal shit like this go down. And also, you know, the nuance of the problems that have been created between the police and the black communities in America. Build a wall around Brampton. Something else that I saw last night. I was up late last night. I couldn't really sleep. There is a man who Bobby knows. Apparently, he's like a really famous lawyer. I hadn't heard of him, but his name's Alan, and he's been implicated. <laughs> you guys know Alan. Alan something. He, Dershowitz. He, um, if you don't know him, he has represented celebrities such as Mike Tyson he was part of the dream team with Johnny Cochran in the O.J. Simpson murder trial. He was a member of Harvey Weinstein's defense team and of President Donald Trump's defense team in his first impeachment trial. He was a member of Jeffrey Epstein's defense team, and he helped to negotiate a 2006 non-prosecution agreement on Epstein's behalf. So Jeffrey Epstein, if you don't know, before he was found guilty and imprisoned and subsequently ended his life allegedly he people knew he was a nonce before that so suffice to say this Alan Dershowitz has been involved 
with a lot of bad people. He'll take any case, and he's apparently a very talented lawyer. Um, He's now been implicated as someone who had sex with, I mean, you can't have sex with underage girls. I don't know exactly what the charge is. He went to Epstein Island a bit, and something happened involving him and an unnamed woman and a young girl. And I don't know exactly what that is yet, but he's been named now in court documents. And names are still coming out. I never thought I would see names come out. But this guy is like 84 years old. And I feel like it's never too late to face justice for these horrendous crimes. And I just don't know how they're nailing people like this. Like he's very powerful and a really great defense lawyer in his own right. So it's actually amazing that people are brave enough to name him that media outlets and prosecutors are, you know, actually talented enough to get in a position where they even can say his name. So I decided to look him up a bit because I was like, Jesus, he hangs out with a rough crowd. I wanted to know about his wives. So his first wife was an Orthodox Jewish 18-year-old girl. He was 20, so that's fine. And this was like 1959. So it's totally cool to like get married very young at that age. Fine, fine, fine. You're both young. They had two sons and the sons are doing well. So then they separated about, I don't know, when their sons were sort of late, uh, early teens. And the wife was given custody, but then Dershowitz fought for and was later awarded full custody of their children, of course, because he's like a tiger, excellent lawyer. During the divorce, the wife alleged that Dershowitz physically abused her, resulting in the need for medical treatment and therapy. And then she drowned in the East River in an apparent suicide. What the hell? So this guy, I don't know. It just seems like he's not a very nice man. And then he married someone else and had a baby with them. And I just think maybe names are going to start to come out. Maybe more Epstein because what? Ghislaine Maxwell trafficked young girls to who? To no one? Someone. Someone. And it's never too late to face justice, even if you're an incredible lawyer and an asshole. Some people are pissed off at Cheryl. Who am I talking about? Cheryl. One name, Cheryl. You might know her as Cheryl Cole. I'm absolutely gorgeous like a baby. Or Cheryl Tweedy. She was born. Or Cheryl, I don't know if she ever took that One Direction guy who talks with a weird accent now. I don't know if she took his last name ever. I don't know. But now she's like, I'm no last name. And is that because, oh, she married someone else, didn't she? Who cares? Marry whoever you want, Shaza. Cheryl is taking over a serious acting role in the West End. This is the a ghost story, 222, at the Lyric Theater, which my friend Laura Whitmore was just starring in as Jenny. And what they like to do in the West End, and I mean, look, all entertainment has to make money. I saw there's some queer positive show, something about widows, that has been canceled at Netflix and a lot of people are angry because it's got a high score on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone loves it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have enough eyes on it. And Netflix strictly cares about algorithms. I mean, I don't know. I don't work at Netflix. I love Netflix. But if something's not getting enough views, they don't care really, like if it's good or not. And that's just business. And when The Duchess was canceled, I wasn't offended by that because It's not even really an indication of whether someone um, 
enjoys it. It's like, oh, if it's losing you money and it's not getting the views that you want, fair enough. You don't want to have it on your platform and spend more money on it. I wouldn't either if I was a streaming service. So fine. So they cancel things. And the West End is a very vulnerable enterprise because they went through all this time of lockdown. Some people aren't motivated to go to the theater because of the um, financial crisis or whatever else. It's cold. You know, they got to get bums in seats, number one. And one of the ways that they do that is by casting a famous person. I went to see Speed the Plow, an American play, not because I'm a fan of American theater with no music, blah, but because it was starring Lindsay Lohan. So I went with my good friend Andrew Johnston and a bunch of other people. We got tickets basically just to gawk at Lindsay Lohan really close in the West End of London and be like, holy shit, that's Lindsay Lohan. And she's a great actress, don't get me wrong, but she was cast in that role because she's Lindsay Lohan. Do you know what I mean? Because she she was she's a great actress, but she was very much Lindsay Lohan in that role. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think Lily Allen did this role, uh, Jenny, for 222, A Ghost Story. And then Laura Whitmore did it. And now Cheryl's doing it. And there are some people who are like, this is not cool. She's faced criticism because there are many out-of-work actresses. And she's not really an actress. Or she doesn't have much, you know, traditional acting experience. So they're like, this is a stunt casting. Yeah, who cares if it is? Because you know what? That's what they have to do sometimes to keep all the other actors that you went to Rado with or whatever employed. And a lot of those people are bad people, by the way. Actors. Eek. Paid to lie. Um, so I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. I'm obsessed with Cheryl Cole. And I feel bad. Well, Cheryl. Cheryl. I feel bad because I used to joke about her in my act. And it was a really solid joke. And everyone really loved it. So I kept telling it because it got a really good reaction. But then we started to learn a little bit more about what was mean to say and the celebrity roasting without consent from the celebrity is mean and I always thought oh you know it's funny she's a huge mega star and I'm telling these jokes in the basement of a Weatherspoons who cares but then slowly slowly the tide started to turn and I started being on TV and Cheryl started to have some personal life issues and Stuff went down with her and things were going better for me. And the joke just became really mean because papers would take it out of context. Well, no, they took it totally in context. But when you read something in black and white, it seems a lot more serious than when you say it in a comedy club. And I remember a tabloid printed my jokes about Cheryl Cole, Cheryl. And I was like, oh, God, I'm such an ass because I roast the ones I love. Always love Cheryl Cole. Love. Why do I keep calling her the full name? Cheryl. And I hope she's not mad at me. I hope she never really saw those jokes. I want to go see her. And I really want to see Laura Whitmore in 222 at the Lyric Theater. This is not an ad. A ghost story. And she's still there if you want to see Laura. Go see it twice. Um, I just don't get out a lot. But I want to. And if you're an out-of-work actress, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But sometimes they need to put just one famous person. Do you know what also pisses me off? Is that there are no roles for older women, basically anywhere. Happily, that's slowly changing. But um, I hate when they give roles like Miss Trunchbull or Miss Hannigan, Miss Trunchbull and Matilda or Miss Hannigan and Annie. They give that to a man in drag. I'm not talking about a trans woman. I'm talking about a man, someone who lives as a man in drag. 
being like, ooh, and I love drag culture, queer culture. I think it absolutely deserves its place, but it's like, can we have, can we have some cool, funny roles for older women, please? So maybe this is the same thing to some people. Okay. I'm going to tell you again that for Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, just for your holiday, for nothing, for whatever, my book, The Audacity, is available both in hardback and paperback. Hardback is like the big book that's hard. Paperback is the smaller one that is soft and it's the one that you can put in your purse. I have two different covers, both amazing. Um, You can get that for people. If you want like a Catherine Ryan themed Christmas, it's so fucking easy. If you know anyone who likes me, you can get them maybe tickets to my Just for Laughs London show March 2nd. If there aren't tickets, because I don't know, probably aren't, then you can get them my book you can get that heavily discounted because I released it a while ago. It's also as an audiobook or like Kindle. Um, you can get them a wine, like get them a bottle of wine in my book. And then what else? A headband. Do you know what I'm saying? Victoria Percival does my headbands. Um, some of them are quite expensive, though. I feel like they're good value. She does a lot of sales and things on her site. She does jewelry as well. She's a British designer. I always think it's good to shop like locally made nice stuff but equally you could do a little Stacey Solomon with a glue gun take a headband bedazzle that thing up your own way I don't know for anyone who really likes me I think that's what I would get them what kind of food do I like if you if you had access to dill pickle crisps or like poutine oh that would be amazing or like a candy apple or some type of buffalo sauce or a mug an inside mug outside It's a fun present for a comedy fan, for the three people left who really like me. And if you are one of those three people, my special Mrs. is streaming on Now TV and is showing and streaming on Sky. Primarily, that starts December 29th. So not yet, but just after the holidays when you're having that lull and you want to see my most intimate, softest, best reviewed show yet, I chose to stream that and... Um, air that what's the word you know show that in the UK because um, I didn't want to take out any UK references this is like a UK show I have a UK life this is where I live this is where my kids are I'm shortlisted for Hertfordshire's sexiest woman of the year once again it'll be three wins in a row for me if I do win so it's a huge huge honor I am definitely the sexiest person in my neighborhood I mean, sorry for the admin, but my series that Ramesh Ranganathan wrote, um, my very good friend, I'm so happy to be involved in it. It's called Romantic Getaway. That comes out New Year's Day on Sky, so you can watch that. I love Sky at the minute. They're making uh, big moves in comedy. Rob Beckett also has his special coming out December 26th. He's a good friend. Uh, Christmas Day, I am competing with my good friend Jimmy Carr on Limitless for a wonderful charity called Whisk. You're going to want to check them out. It's Women's Health and Information Services Center in Liverpool and surrounding areas. And now I'm going to let you listen to some beautiful words from our sponsors. When we return your emails, I've had a cursory glance. A lot of people with some strong feelings regarding Bobby's appearance last week, where we spoke about the Netflix documentary, Harry and Meghan. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you might want to do that first. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Catherine, I find it so confusing whenever Bobby K comes on. I disagree with pretty much everything he says, and sometimes he says things that would normally make me angry. But his voice and accent is the exact same as my head-over-heels first love from when I was 19, so I can't help but have warm, nostalgic feelings whenever he speaks. Maybe the right wing just needs to deploy a load of cute, charming, chill Canadians instead of gross, posh old men. Bobby should tell his pals it's time for a rebrand, and he should front the new campaign. I mean... He's not a Tory. He's not not a Tory. As I always say, he has uh, some opinions which are centrist. He has some opinions that are royalist. But Bobby is a really nice guy. So many people are mad at him this week. But a lot of people agree he is not a fan of Meghan Markle. You might have learned this last week. And it feels like, how could Catherine be married to someone like that? And it's like, well... I think it's important to humanize people who have a difference of opinion to you. Like Bobby and I, I know his soul. I know his heart. I know his like intentions. And sometimes we're going to disagree. And I'm sorry, Gen Z, that doesn't make someone the devil. Oh, no. Catherine, I can't believe Bobby thinks what he does. I'm one of the rare Brits who doesn't hate Megan. I hate to see a woman villainized so quickly when it takes two to tango. People saying she tricked Harry or whatever grinds my gears. He is a person with his own voice, and he wanted to leave just as much as she did. Harry has always been the black sheep of the royal family with his partying, etc. So I'm not shocked that they left. I agree with you. I find it unbelievable that the British general public mostly love the royal family. We all have family drama, but imagine what goes on behind those closed doors. I think it's naive to think they're just one big happy family. Adultery, allegations of pedophilia, and colonization has been happening for a long time. The British public in general needs to wake the fuck up. That whole family, especially the women, need therapy. I mean, yeah, but I think what Bobby was saying is that he knows they're unhappy. And he doesn't care. Another Bobby hater. Catherine, I don't usually disagree with Bobby. And though I couldn't be with someone I disagreed with so much, perhaps this will add some nuance. I think the fact that you and Bobby are both white, you have missed the fundamental role race plays in this. No, I haven't. I said that I think that the British reaction to Meghan Markle has been absolutely racist. I do think, obviously... There's institutional racism. I absolutely acknowledge that in the podcast. No, I don't have the experience of a black person, but I wholeheartedly agree. 
She goes on to say, the racist trope of black women, and yes, she is seen as black by the British public and press, is something that's innate to British racism. I do believe racism was embedded in Meghan's experience in the palace. If Diana is to be believed and adding on race and the fact that security services have confirmed that the death threats were severe to Meghan, this is something Kate has never been subjected to. Not being born here and being white means that perhaps you don't understand the social contract of racism in this country. Yes, I do. I talk about racism literally all the time I'm completely on your side and I talked about it in the podcast anyone that calls it out and doesn't turn a blind eye to the racism within the royal family see Prince Andrew is seen as uppity and disrespectful sound familiar many mixed race and black women have written about this and perhaps getting their perspective will help yeah and then there was this huge racist scandal that she mentions as well that's ongoing now and I keep seeing people trot it out talking about it and that's of course Ngozi Fulani she had a conversation with some duchess where the duchess was like where are you from no where are you really from some like Lady Susan Hubofferty like I don't know their names and now I'm seeing on GB News people like Ann Robinson who's like <laughs> kind of a confirmed prick coming out being like oh they've ruined this woman's life saying that she asked a racist question when she didn't all she said was where are you from and it's like you know what people of different ethnicities know what that means when you say to them where are you from it's very loaded and I do understand that I completely completely agree oh Catherine I'm Scottish but I live in England and I'm shocked at Bobby's take on the royal family I'm struggling to grasp the belief that anyone's happiness can be completely disregarded. I don't see how Kate Middleton being a princess or any royal being a royal affects mine or anyone else's life. I do see how having another woman being held in high regard for behaving and being miserable is detrimental for me and people in general. I don't agree that we should have any claim to anyone's life, famous or not. I don't think any human should have to deal with a British press <laughs> or be forced to be our dancing rich monkeys and smile to press who've done horrid things to their loved ones. I do get this comes down to some fundamental perspective differences, the right to happiness and privacy. I don't believe any human is capable of handling the fame that comes with being a main royal. Maybe the queen. Look who's just walked in. PK. These are people who, they love you. They still like you a lot. They're like, love to you, love the Bob. Surprised at his stance on this, but good to understand the other viewpoint. Um, a lot of people disagree, not surprising my audience, you know what I mean? But they're not pissed. It's good. They're like, oh, you know, oh, here's someone on Bobby's side. Catherine, I'm a female who works in a profession dominated by males and completely agree with you that the world does not like when women have agency. It's something I have to reckon with consistently. So typically, I love to see strong and opinionated women killing it. But I have to take Bobby's side on the Meghan and Harry debate. I agree. She knew what she was getting into. You can't be that daft not to have an idea of the pressure cooker you're in. Even so, I was open to them wanting to leave after saying she didn't grasp what she was getting into. Where they lost me was when they wanted it both ways. The perks of being a royal without being a working royal. That is an absolutely no, not. You do not get to reap the benefits from an institution you are publicly calling out. If you really want to show people how against this you are, drop the titles. But as we've seen, they want their cake and to eat it too. This rubs me the wrong way. I hope they're happy, but it would be nice to see them doing something meaningful of their own creation, not on the back of Buckingham Palace. Bobby, let me ask you this. Let's say you have a daughter 
and she decides to marry um, Prince George. Future king, Prince George. He will be, how old is he now, seven? Yeah, he's and seven. You love your daughter, but she has made a deal with the devil. She's in the royal family. And like you said last week, that um, removes her right to personal agency or happiness. What would you do if she called you and she was like, Dad, I'm miserable. I hate being in the royal family. They don't feed me anything. I hate doing all these appearances. Would you care if she was happy? That's an interesting question. Um, obviously, yes, I would care that she's happy. Um, I guess before, the only thing I could say is before or leading up to this decision to marry into the family, I would do my best to coach her as to, or coach and prepare for what it may be like or make sure that someone is doing that for her. Mm. Um, but if she does that and then goes into the royal family, I mean, it's a different story when it's your daughter, isn't it? I guess we would have to be like, very, very explicitly, like you she, won't have any choices. Yeah. We would tell her, right? And it's not just that Megan left the family; it's just kind of the way she's gone about it, as well. So, like, yeah. you know, it's, well, I've had enough of these two anyway. Bobby right, said what he said last week. Yeah, no, we're not letting our look. Let's be honest: a little girl from Sarnia, a piece of white trash like our daughter, is not going to be marrying Prince George anytime soon. We are. Not in the realm of people who get to marry into the royal family. Certainly not George. Maybe Louis. Maybe. I don't know. He's a real firecracker. Oh, my God. This email is wild because it just goes to show, like, it's all about your perception of events because this email could be told very differently. Catherine, hook up, fail. I went out on the town with my friend of 20 years. I drank too much on an empty stomach, but he got me home safe. We hooked up. I don't remember any of it, which is insanely embarrassing. We've not spoken since, but I feel like I need to call him and apologize for getting so sloppy and ending up needing him to look after me. I don't want or need to know how the sex was, though I imagine it wasn't great considering the state I was in and the fact that he hasn't called me or texted me since. I know people get drunk and do stupid things all the time. It's not a habit of mine. I'm a grown 34-year-old woman. I just can't help but feel embarrassed and like a total idiot who needs to own up to her shit behavior. Bobby's out of his chair. This could be a very different email. So let me get this straight. You went out with a friend. He got you home safe, you say, but you don't remember fucking him, which you think you did, and he hasn't called you since. I mean... He needs to text you and get that, uh, get that text back because he's probably thinking this could be sexual assault in a lot of cases, right, Bobby? Yeah, it could be. So she doesn't remember sex at all. No, but she thinks it happened. If you don't, did she spend the night at his place? How did she get home? Like he got her home, quote unquote, safely, but he had sex with her, and she was not sober. Therefore, she couldn't consent. That's a really and, tricky one. I know. And now and she feels embarrassed. She'll laugh about it one day. Well, it's interesting. Like, I okay, look. The, sucks, but she'll eventually laugh about how much of an idiot she was. Whoa, but what about him? You can't have sex with well, a girl I'm who... saying if... Uh, I, you'd think she'd be a bit more upset if it was sexual assault. Maybe there were, he did take advantage of her. That does happen. But do you see what I mean? Like, this could be misconstrued a oh, different I know. way. I see what you mean. There's a lot of different angles on this one. I'm so. not saying he assaulted you. I'm just saying a different person with a different take on these series of events could see it as an assault. Because if you are that drunk, he didn't get you home safely. 
in a way because you were not able to consent to the sex that you had. Was he know. drunk too? We don't know that. If you're super drunk, Bobby, we I do know, know that I, you can't consent. I realize that. But then Bobby and I, when we had sex, sometimes we were like, really drunk. Yeah, but sometimes... So where's the line? You're, sometimes you're not even that drunk until it's over and then you're drunk too like do you think you were sober enough to consent when we had sex in canada yeah i was i was more sober than you were what see this is another kettle of, <laughs> kettle of fish here but no i was so i knew what i was doing right. i was i'm so never like sloppy really drunk. hard because uh it just depends what what's what's true I and mean, we don't really know what's true as far as look here's what's true and she like feels she like doesn't she, feel, she doesn't feel taken advantage no of. so right so let's just if she doesn't feel taken advantage of, she'll get over it. It's embarrassing, and she'll laugh about it later with her friends. If she's been taken advantage of, then that's horrible, and we need to call the police. Well, this is why you have to be so careful. Everyone has to be so careful. And I always say, forget about consent. Hold out for enthusiasm. But drunk, maybe she was very enthusiastic. I, mean, it's... I wouldn't worry about it. I think that it's just such a tricky time for people who are hooking up and getting sloppy and getting drunk is always a recipe for disaster. It's never what you want. You either make a decision that you shouldn't have made or you feel silly or you feel embarrassed. Right. I don't think you need to apologize to him. No, definitely not. Um, I think he's in the same position as you. You know, you're friends and you hooked up and you're probably both embarrassed and he's probably thinking, uh-oh, is she mad? Is she cross with me because of how drunk she was? I don't know. I think you need to have a chat with this guy and see where you both stand on it. I'm happy that you don't feel taken advantage of um, but you shouldn't feel embarrassed either. It's like, right. just try not to get sloppy drunk again because it is a slippery fucking slope. Yeah, people do this all the time. Yeah. And it's just how you recover from it. I feel like talking about scams is very important, especially this time of year, especially in the financial recession that not just our country, but every country is in. I spoke about trying, like a fake Amex person trying to scam me. Luckily, Bobby and I were too slick for them but a lot of you have written me about scams people who work at banks people who know about this stuff and here is another one you were lucky that the scammer tried to exploit a security feature of your credit card that you were well aware of however i wanted to share another story to highlight just how far scammers will go to get your money in my opinion many media stories do not do enough to illustrate just how difficult it might be to evade certain scams. They only show you the summary and not the process. Earlier this year, my sister, who lives in another European country, received a call from an alleged law enforcement agency informing her that she was being investigated in relation to a major international crime. Some of the details in relation to this crime had some loose relation to her life, and she was told that not only would all her assets be frozen if she didn't cooperate, but she would also implicate herself as an accomplice in the crime. On the first day that my sister was contacted, she spoke to multiple investigators, quote unquote, who shared various parts of the story with her. In total, she was kept on the phone with them for six hours. Totally exhausted, scared for her life, and with no doubt having been brainwashed into submission, the scam continued for nearly two weeks, over which period my sister was asked to transfer all her assets to a safe bank account so that the law enforcement agency could freeze the assets of the criminal gang. So not to jeopardize the investigation, my sister wasn't allowed to speak to anyone else about this. Not her partner, not her family. Of course, she had tons of questions for these callers, but they had answers to them all. 
I wanted to tell this story so that your listeners could appreciate just how much effort some scammers will go to to exploit you. My sister is not particularly naive, elderly, or vulnerable. She would have been well aware of many of the usual scams, but the brainwashing she underwent put her under such an immense emotional stress that she was unable to act rationally. Also, this story highlights how much scams don't only fuck with people financially, but emotionally. Not even considering the financial damage this has done, it's obviously had a tremendous impact on her well-being and it's shattered her ability to trust. Oh my god. Don't get scammed this holiday season. Do you know, I feel like, I say I feel like on this podcast a lot, I learned that because I listened to last week's. I'm going to try to stop. But I believe that the guy who came to the door when we first moved in here, BK, an old man, he said he was from the local council and he was, he had like a real bullshit looking faded card, which is very fair. Like that's what you would have from the council Mm -hmm. as identification. It looked like shit, but like the council's shit. And he goes, I need to know who's living here, how many people. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was just like spicy about it. He was kind of treating me like I was a cleaner or something. And I said, just me. I bought it for myself. And he goes, you live here alone? And I was like, yeah. Like I didn't want to tell him about you or we weren't married yet and you being Canadian or Violet. I just didn't want to disclose any information. And he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I was just like, just me. And he was like, well... No one else. And he was kind of like looking behind me in the house. I have a picture of him because I screen grabbed it from the camera. And we were burgled very shortly after that. And something in me believes that like that was part of the scam and he never worked for the council. Do you think that's plausible? No. Well, who just, does the council come to your door and ask how many people live in your house? I don't know. But I don't think that guy was part of some conspiracy to burgle us. Um, with regards to scams, I mean, this email, it is sad, and they did put a lot of work, but, I mean, really, uh, international crime, right away, you should be like, okay, and if it, it doesn't sit right, mm. immediately, you're like, I've not committed an international crime, or, I mean, it should be pretty simple to suss out something so extreme. Why are you spending this this much time? It doesn't seem legitimate to me. Do you know, I've told legitimate people to fuck off. Uh, but right. We And that person could have been legitimate. There's another time a person came by asking oh, about yeah. other things. And I like finally had to like let him in after I like badgered him down outside. Um, sorry, he didn't want to come to the house, but he needed information. And finally, I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. But we always, our first instinct is to always not trust someone. And I think it's good for not getting scammed, maybe bad relationships. No, I don't think so. I think this but, holiday season, remember that if it's a legitimate institution, right. they'll just, want you to act yeah, like switch that. Switch your reasoning to like always think you're getting scammed and then force them to show you you're not instead of believing them and then slowly finding out that you are. Just always think you're being scammed. And you can be polite. You can go, well, I'm obviously not going to give my information to someone who just calls me. I appreciate you might be from the government or you might be from the police but you can appreciate how this feels like a scam. So give me these details that I can call back on. You know, there are ways to check it. And I've been like spicy like that You can like with banks and the like government. If, let's say there's an international crime or something and they call you, oh, this is what your accusations are. Yeah. You just like hang up. You can't get in more trouble. True. Like, were they going to come to the door if you really did that? Like always, yeah, don't give them anything ever. Bobby has taught me to be very cynical and it's helped me get scammed less. I was robbed because I let someone like clean my house 
and they stole my checkbook and wrote themselves a bunch of checks. Right. <laughs> and I didn't know. Anyway, they asked for my autograph. I was flattered. They used it for the checks. Oh my gosh, this is so weird. I just started watching this yesterday. I watched probably only 20 minutes of it and I was floored. It says, Catherine, as a fellow reality TV lover, I'm so keen to know if you have watched My Unorthodox Life on Netflix. If so, I would love to hear your thoughts. I just can't decide for myself if the central character, Julia Hart, is the hero or villain or genuine or manipulative. The whole show is a lot. My friends and I discuss your musings on things like this together, like you're part of our friendship group. Look, I had to look deep within myself when I watched the 20 minutes of my own orthodox life because I asked some misogynistic questions right off the bat. The character, the central character, Julia Hart, is super rich, super successful, lives in Manhattan, seems to have transformed her life in her late 30s, uh, and she was in uh, a very orthodox community. And like, there's nothing wrong with an orthodox community, but she calls it religious fundamentalism. She says religious fundamentalism in any religion is very patriarchal, can be very isolating. And she was one of these women who wasn't allowed really an education or anything. And then when her children were a bit older, she had four children, she decided to leave. And that is very difficult to do from a any fundamentalist group. And then all of a sudden she got rich and she's got this soulmate. They, they label him as soulmate on the show. He's got an accent. And right away, I was like, is it his money or hers? And then I was like, Catherine, how dare you ask that? She became, she started selling life insurance and then she became a fashion designer. But then all of a sudden she's like head of elite model agency and all their subsidiaries. And then she was like CEO of La Perla all of a sudden. I don't know how she done it. She designed her own line of shoes that were comfortable. She's glamorous. She's beautiful. Her kids are gorgeous. I'm going to find out right now. I'm going to do a little deep dive on Julia Hart and let you know. Okay, first things first on the new husband with the accent. And he is her husband. She's 51. He's 64. He is a Swiss entrepreneur. He was married to someone else. They divorced in 2018, and then he married this Julia Hart just in 2019. So I think the bit that I saw was pre-COVID because I only just started watching it. So they weren't married. They were just like soulmates maybe at that time. He is the founder of an Italian telecommunications company. He founded another global management group. Oh, Oh, here we go, Catherine. So you know what? I try to be a feminist. I slapped myself on the wrist for being like, how dare you question how she got this job at Elite Model Management? Well, he co-founded the holding company that controls the Elite World Group. So I'm sorry. Like, he did get her that job. But it doesn't say he got her the other jobs because she left her husband in 2013. So, you know, personal life. Hmm... Oh, this guy has three adult children from his first marriage. His oldest was previously in a leadership position at La Perla. And this is how, oh, oh, he's, whoa, guys, earlier this year, he filed for divorce from Julia Hart. I've missed so much, but he's a billionaire. All right. He's a billionaire. Fuck. I really wanted this woman to have made her own money, but how did she snare this billionaire for not long though? Three years, he gave her some jobs. Ooh, okay. Now we're all watching My Orthodox Life on Netflix. Where is this going to go? Julia, I wanted to believe in you, but it looks like you are Black China 
from a different neighborhood and you've killed it and you found the right man and hopefully you get some of his billions but I really kind of thought she clawed her way up it doesn't matter I mean she did what she had to do she's fine but now I'm really into this show a weird one to end on but nevertheless Catherine I had a full deep very visual dream that your very explicit sex tape got exposed don't worry your tits were great it resulted in you getting canceled it just made me wonder if a sex tape of yours did get leaked how would you go about it would you address it through your comedy do you think it could cancel you these are my random early morning gym thoughts thanks gal um i would love it because I think that after Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian and so many other celebrities like maybe accidentally on purpose released their sex tapes and it exploded their careers, I think people kind of got sick of it. And I don't think I'm out of line reminding everyone that my very good friend Joel Domit had, I mean, he didn't consent to making this tape. So it was a very different story. He was targeted by a scam gang and like any young people who listen to this podcast Bobby and I were just talking to Violet about this about how careful you have to be with your phone how we talked about scams earlier but like you can think you're having a FaceTime with someone and you're not and you can think you're sending photos or texts to someone your age and you're not and Joel a very amazing presenter actor writer comedian my good friend he thought he was talking to a girl and exchanged all kinds of different forms of media with her um, and really, I think, loved her. And it turned out to be like a gang of Moroccan criminals. If you want to know more about that, Joel addressed it in his comedy. And it became national headlines when he was in the jungle for I'm a Celebrity. And it didn't get him canceled. I know that men and women are treated very differently in like these slut-shaming arenas. But um, yeah, I think... Look, it's a crime to maliciously release a naked video or photo or anything like that of someone else. And Stephen Bear, uh, a very sick man in the UK, reality star who I've had the displeasure of working with. And it made me very sad, actually. I think he's dangerously unwell. Um, He was just convicted of maliciously releasing revenge porn and his very brave ex-girlfriend, Georgia, took him to court for that. And she said, I feel that I was pinned up naked in front of everybody without my consent. He put a video of them having sex on OnlyFans without her consent. And um, if a sex tape was released of me, it wouldn't be like a Kris Jenner money-making move. But I'll tell you what it would be is old. And so, yes, I would look gorgeous. I, I wouldn't have had kids. Like, it wouldn't be a tape. It wouldn't be a video. But, like, I, I don't know if there are, like, a couple of pics here and there. I fucking hope they get released. I would like to see them. I'll print them out and put them in my kitchen as inspo. Um, I think I'd have a laugh about it. Anything that happens bad in your life, if you can turn it around and take ownership of it and have a laugh, it's great. Nevertheless, doing that to someone is highly illegal and can be traumatic. But I don't think you could traumatize me at this point in my life. And I used to be very thin. Thank you for listening to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. I hope you are ready for the holiday season, finishing work, having nice drinks at the pub, enjoying the snow. You're welcome. It's very Canadian snow. And I think, what day is it going to melt? It's supposed to get up to 11 degrees on the weekend. Oh, no. It's going to be gone by the weekend. So get out there. See you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 